My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Ominous Stitch Podcast. We're back. We are back. It must be Friday. Friday. I'm like, it's Friday, Friday. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome for that little earworm. (laughs) It is going to be stuck in your head all day. Thanks, Angela. I don't feel sorry. No, sorry, not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm excited for this week's episode. It's going to be so much fun. Yes. I can't wait to tell you guys about this cool stitch that I did. And it is going out to one of our lucky patrons. Yay. So you better post pictures when you get it. Yeah. See, she she showed me it last night. I was like, holy cow. What the heck did you do here? It's amazing. (laughs) It's fun. It's cool. And it's easy. I've never seen anything like it. It's fast. I hadn't either. It just like popped up on my YouTube. Well, we'll talk about when we get stitched. Okay, 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 okay. But before we get yes. stitching, what has you in stitches? Heyo. <laughs> Heyo. So when this comes out, uh, hopefully it's still out in the theaters. It should be. But I got so excited. I want to tell you all about the Haunted Mansion. <gasps> the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. So the I new one. I have seen it. Yeah. The new one just came out. Well, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago at least. And yeah. it's so Good. It's so good, Angela. Okay, so it has Owen Wilson. Ka-chow! <laughs> <laughs> and it has uh, Lakeith Stanfield. And you'll you recognize him because he was in Get Out. He <gasps> was in, uh, it was it Thank You for, what's that movie? Thank You for, Sorry to Bother You. That uh-huh. was an insane sorry movie. Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, he's in a lot of movies. And he's so good. He's so good in this movie. I, I, I can't, like, praise him enough. So um, Jared Leto is the, the one of the, the main creepy ghost, and he, oh. he actually does really good in this. But Jared this, Leto playing a creepy character? No oh way. No. <laughs> so well, too. But no, this movie is awesome. It's it's hilarious. Oh, oh. And you oh, know I love Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Tiffany oh, Haddish. Oh, I love her so much. Danny DeVito's in it. Rosario oh, Dawson. Dan love- Levy. Winona oh, writer Jamie him. Lee Curtis. It's got so many good actors. Oh, but I wanted it, this like made me like go. Oh my god! Oh my god! I was like hitting, hitting Matt because <laughs> um, the movie takes place in New Orleans. Yes, and they walk by the uh, Saint Louis Cathedral. Oh, the cathedral that we just yes, talked about. That we just That's talked awesome. about. And it's hilarious because I'm going to give you a little spoiler. I'm not going to spoil the movie. Any but singing friars? No, but it's hilarious because at the beginning, he's, um, Lakeith, is, his name is Ben in the movie, and he's this disgruntled uh, ghost tour person. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's and I awesome. won't ruin why, <laughs> but he's just like, and then he, they go right in front of the cathedral and he's like, there's no such things as ghosts. And he's like yelling at the group because he gets just so frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of composes himself and is like, okay, this way is the, <laughs> and he just keeps going. <laughs> so, um, but it's such a good movie and it actually made me cry oh. <laughs> a couple times because it's, it's really about love and loss. Mm-hmm. Ghosts, obviously big, big part of that. Yeah. But, they really do a good job of tying in so much like backstory to it with uh-huh. like the personality of the characters and family and it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yay. And hilarious and creepy and all of I that. I want to see it. Yeah. Disney did a really good job with this. Um, I left 
just like, I was like, oh my gosh, this movie. So go see The Haunted Mansion. Okay. And the reason why we were like, why did they release it in August? And I think it's because the anniversary of the ride was in August. Oh, yeah. I, love I was like, it. why did they do it in October? No, that's why. So okay. they'll probably like if it goes away, it'll probably come back in the theaters before Halloween. I'm guessing. I don't know. But go okay, see it. Go see Haunted Mansion. Yes. OK. I loved it. I will. I will. Yeah. Yeah. So what's got you in stitches? So, guys, I I think I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> what's your problem? I love alpacas too much. <laughs> You love animals. I do. I'm a big animal lover. Uh, in some version of my former life, <laughs> I was a vet tech for a while. That's so right. I, like, I took care of animals yeah. a lot, and I, I love them very much. We got two new alpacas. <laughs> you say so sadly. <laughs> I know, they're so cute. Uh, we have Onyx, so we have another black one, so that we have three black ones. Right. And Onyx is a two-year-old, I think two and a half, okay. some, somewhere around there. It's sweet, Aww. very sweet, sweet girl. But it's really funny because all three of the black alpacas are different heights, and they're different ages. So Mew Mew... Which is, is like the one that's more like open to you. She's, yeah, she's three. She's very friendly. Yes. And she's the tallest. Crazy. Then we have Onyx, who is two. Aww. And maybe pregnant. We'll see. They, you know, we've been told that before. We were buying <laughs> pregnant females. and I fooled you. No, they weren't. But the the people that we got them from have been breeding alpacas. So they know more of what they're doing than than uh, the other set. That right. And so, you know, hopefully the pregnancy took and and so we'll have a, a baby from Miss Onyx Aww. and she's about two and a half. And so she's like the medium height yeah. one, and she's just very gentle and sweet and just kind of, you know, she's she's just very Aww. mellow. She's a very mellow girl. Real quick question. Yes. They're all female, right? Yes. So if they give birth. Yes. And if it's a male. Yes. What happens? Then uh, if we only have one boy, we'll have to get two new boys. And then th we have an area for them for the paddock. Oh. It will be up on the hillside. Oh, okay. And so we just have to build a structure and then we'll start a boy herd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just never thought. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. They're all girls. But what yeah. if? Okay. If, they have, if they have girls, then it's fine. Mm -hmm. We're status quo. But if they have boys, we'll have to get, you know, at least a three. paddock. Yeah. And then we have another Why paddock area. at least area. three? Well, because three is a herd. Oh, yeah. So one's alone, two is a duo. Yeah. If you have one <laughs> alpaca, it's they they stress out. They can't Aww. handle that. They need a herd because they don't have very many natural defenses. No. And so when it's when they're sleeping, they take turns. So they'll have a couple of them stay awake and be on guard while the rest of oh, them sleep okay. just to make sure that, you know, everyone's okay. If sure. there's one alpaca, there's nobody to watch. So they're, they're constantly stressed and Oh, and, poor alpaca. Yeah. So you need at least 3 for a herd. Got it. But the more the merrier. Yeah. So we have 11. Yeah. <laughs> so Onyx is the two-year-old. And then we have Miss Veruca, who is, <laughs> I, she's so funny. She is very much a mama's girl. And Aww. she's always like, mama, save me. And then her mom, Pepper, is just fierce and ferocious. And right. they're just so funny together. But Veruca is our one-year-old and she's the smallest. Aww. So it's really funny. They're all like, doo, doo, doo. Big, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I came out there with, with Angela, I was like, they look smaller, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're still the same size, yeah, the same size. So. 
And then, so our other new one is Bambi. What a neat name. I know. And she has the prettiest coat. Yes. It is really cool because yeah. it's this deep red. And it's like almost like a black red, but it's red. Oh, It's so cool. That is cool. When I first saw her in person, because I saw pictures of her before she came and I saw her in person, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to cheer her and then turn her fluff into yarn and like do all kinds of stuff with it oh so pretty that's awesome so bambi bambi and bambi likes me the the most she'll come up to me and she's always like always coming up to me and then if i give her my fingers she'll sniff them sometimes she'll nibble them and it's really cute because they don't have upper teeth they only have bottom teeth which is so weird to me Yeah, well, because they're herbivores, right. they eat grass. Right. They don't and need so, much. <laughs> yeah, so the bottom teeth are there just to cut the grass. And then swallow. And then they just swallow. They kind of <laughs> mash it against the, the roof of their mouth, and then they swallow it. What interesting it. animals. So when they bite, it just feels like something's tugging your finger. So it doesn't hurt at all. You don't <laughs> feel. Another fun thing about their teeth is their teeth have no nerve endings. Oh. So, yeah. So, and they grow like a rodent, and so they have to be trimmed. And so when we get them shorn, so weird. they trim the teeth as well ah. with a grinder. Ah, oh, <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, no, 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 no. So it's fun. but Just because we have yeah. nerves and that makes me hurt. So And Bambi is supposedly pregnant as well. Right. So we have So you two, might have some more. Might have two babies. It should be mid-April. Crazy. Yeah. Well, good luck. Thank you. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they, these girls are going to have babies for us. So that'll be, cause I really want to, you know, witness that and be part of it. Yeah. Little, you got ready Prius. for the ones that you had. I <laughs> and know. Then they're like, oh no, they're just fat. I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I learned about that too. So we, we know very little about our original herd. We know that they were living on uh, the the ranch that we got them from. They were there for a couple of years prior to us getting them. Mm-hmm. And the previous owners um, got them from a 4-H program. And so what I learned is that the 4-H program breed. You know, that's, that's the whole point is right. that they need to have the babies and raise the babies. And so they were a brood herd yeah they were already bred and so that's why that's their crazy. their bellies protrude they're broodish is their mamas they already yeah, they were mamas you already pack of mamas. so they've had they've had babies and when they were done having however many babies the 4-h program needed them to have then they were sold for you know just to whoever wanted to have a herd of alpaca right and so that's why their tummies look the way they do. That's so Not cool. Not because they're fat, but because they were mamas. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'm so excited for you and your big herd. <laughs> my big herd. My 11 girls. Yeah. And I started an, a new Instagram page. Some of you guys have figured it out already, but I've been posting a lot on Instagram lately. Yeah. I'm trying to post every day if I can. Oh, good. Um, and it's a underscore and underscore s homestead oh so that's you know our little farm and so i post daily pictures of, about with the alpacas the and about stuff that's farm happening land. on the farm alpacas and chickens mainly <laughs> is, is what you'll see lots of alpacas and chickens awesome yeah very cool yeah well good so. luck with your, your new herd thank you yeah yeah hopefully those babies come out uh, yeah <laughs> we'll see in april we got some time here that's right but we'll see well cool yeah 
So are we ready to dive into this week's episode? Yes, I'm so excited. I am so excited. Because I didn't realize that we've had these creepy caves in the world. I mean, there's caves to me in general. We'll talk about it, but are just spooky in in itself. I have a cave story. Well, then save it for me. I will. Okay. I will. Because I've been, I don't know if you're going to talk about this cave that I've been to, but I've been to a very famous haunted cavern. Yay. Okay. We'll talk about it. In Belize. Nice. Are you talking about one in Belize? Ooh, I'll have to tell you all about it. Well, we'll hear your story. Okay. But before we do that, let's get stitching. Hey, Stitchers. So for this week's Stitch, I found this popped up on my YouTube, this little YouTube video, and it's from Nastasia. Hopefully I'm saying that right. N-A-Z-T-A-Z-I-A. Ooh, that's N- a lot of Z's. Nastasia.com. <laughs> nice. And so this, uh, let's see, by Donna Wolf. So she's the one that created this. And this, it was just like a little short. And then I went to her YouTube channel and then I went to her website, Nastasia.com. There's so much stuff there and a lot of free patterns. Cool. But I chose this one because I was like, I've never seen anything like that before. I want to figure out how to make it. Yes. So this is called the wavy pad. Because this is just, it's a little pad. And so the idea is that you can use it as like a trivet. Yeah. I hung it on my wall. I think it makes a really cool wall decor. It does look really cool. And it's it's just such a cool, fun pattern. And it's super easy to make. And I think you it should be wall decor. And like, it reminds me, because I have other wall decor That's that are right. kind of similar to it. Yeah. They're just wood, not Yeah, it's, not it's wood. It's fabric. like a... Yeah, it's like a wood granny square (laughs) (laughs) and not this. So this is called the Wavy Pad Crochet by Nastasia, nastasia nastasia.com. It's a really fun thing to make. Other things that you can do besides making just this square. I was thinking about making a rug like this oh, for my daughter. Oh, that's a great idea. I think that would be so cool. Oh, I love it. You just put them all together. Well, you can put them all together yeah. or you can just make one big mesh and oh, then do it true, that true, way. True. You just have to measure it out. Yeah. It's a simple thing and it looks really complicated. It does. So there's basically two steps to this pattern. Okay. The first thing that you need to do is, is grab a base color and you're going to make a mesh okay and the mesh is a fillet crochet that's pretty much what you do so you're going to chain multiples of three uh-huh. plus five. Oh, okay okay multiples of three plus five easy for this pattern i chained 44 okay because that's 39 plus, plus five nice <laughs> because math <laughs> because math so then you're going to go into the seventh chain from the hook okay because that's going to equal two chains plus a double crochet plus two chains going back into the seventh chain from the hook again Again. because math okay (laughs) and you're going to do a double crochet in the seventh chain from the hook chain two skip two double crochet chain two skip two double crochet all the way down okay and then you're going to double crochet in that last chain because that's going to equal out math wise (laughs) to where you need to be chain three actually chain five because it's going to be a chain three which is going to act as your first double crochet and then chain two and then you're going to double crochet into the double crochet that is below okay, okay. chain two double crochet in below. the below right chain two, 
Does that make sense? Yeah. That's it. And you're going to make a mesh for whatever length you want. For this particular pattern, to make it a square, it's going to be 13. 13. Yeah. So you're going to do 13 rows. Got it. Okay. Then once you have your mesh and you're ready to go, you're going to pick whatever colors you want and you're going to start this wavy pattern. So if you download the pattern, she has a chart. (laughs) Every time I say chart, this is going to make Nicole laugh. You guys are not going to get this, but I'll explain it to you. There's a chart. (laughs) (laughs) And every time I see a chart, I I think chart (laughs) because... When Nicole and I first started crocheting together, I introduced her to this mosaic blanket pattern. Mm -hmm. And the wonderful woman who gave us this blanket pattern crochets her way through it and tells you all about it. But she, uh, English is her second language. (laughs) So I think, um, I'm not sure what her first language is, but it might be Brazilian or she might be, I think she was from Brazil. Okay. So, uh, or maybe Portugal, Portuguese. Maybe. So, because it's a very soft CH, and so she says chart instead of chart. <laughs> and it made me giggle every time because I am, you know, 12 years old. Yep. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so, anyway, sorry, that was a big side I love note. it. Anyway. She has a chart or a chart showing you how to weave the colors around. But what you're doing is you're doing a half double crochet in and out and around through the mesh. So you're doing three half double crochets on one Mm. leg of the mesh, and then you're going down another leg, doing three half double crochets Mm. around that, and then across another one, doing three Mm. half double crochets. And you're making this zigzag pattern all the way around, tie it off, go into the next circle, and then you do the same thing, zigzag pattern all the way around. And it makes sense once you look at it. Right. It's just half double crochets in different colors. And that is the easiest. Around the mesh. That is so cool. Yeah. Isn't it cool? Yes. It makes a really pretty artistic detail yep. kind of a thing. I like your rug idea. Yeah. I think it would be a cool just, it. I mean, like it's a decorative rug. It. Yeah. yeah. But like a, like a really thin like rubber one or something and yeah. then just throw that on top and it's yeah. perfect. It's perfect. It's, it's so cute. It's like a really pretty. Yeah little thing to just have and my husband was like oh can you make these seasonal so we'll make it in different colors so that we can just always hang it up on the wall and hang one up I'm like yeah it takes I don't know a couple hours maybe depending upon how fast you crochet how much time you get yeah I love it it's it's wonderful and this particular one is going to be going out to one of our patrons so yeah one of you lucky dogs is going to get this that is so cool good job Angela Way to find it. I know. Never it's cool. seen it. Thanks, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you can find everything on YouTube. Yes, you you can. can even find us. <laughs> yeah, you can. We will be posting more videos soon. We, we are promise. way behind on that, but we promise we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. It'll happen. It will. Yeah. But before we do, yeah. should we go into story time? Yes. It's story time. <laughs> Yes. We're doing. <laughs> yes. yes. We're doing spooky haunted caves. Yes. Because even if caves are already, you know, spooky, spooky. as it is, mm-hmm. like deep down underground, you don't know what you're, you know, to expect. Yeah. Yeah. 
What if you have haunted Nicole, caves? I've been in a haunted <gasps> cave. That is creepy. So before we start, I want to hear your story. Yes. Okay. So when I was in Belize, I've been to Belize a couple of times. The first time I went to Belize was with my boyfriend at the time. Okay. Who is now my husband. Hey. And he proposed. Aww. Yeah. So this was on that trip. The second time we went to Belize was our wedding a oh, year okay. later. Nice. So that was really fun. But so it was on our first trip to Belize. So my husband and I, who was my boyfriend at the time, went to Belize to get engaged. I didn't know we were getting Aww. engaged. And I thought we were just going on this trip. Yeah. But we did a lot of, there's a lot of ecotourism. We spent half the time on the mainland, which is all rainforest and jungle. Nice. It's gorgeous. Aww. And the other half of the time we spent in the Caribbean Isles that are part of Belize. Which is so cool. So it's wow. beach and, and marine, uh, coral reefs. And we swam with sharks and got to hold them and pet them. Wow. Yeah, there's all, it's, it's so cool. Nice. Go to Belize. Okay. It's an amazing place. Okay. I highly recommend it. So the first trip to Belize, we did a lot of things on the mainland. One of the things that we did was we we did some rappelling and we went into some caves, lots of caves. Ooh. One of the caves we went to is the ATM cave. Do, do you get money? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> but it's the Aktun Tunachal Muknal cave. I know. So ATM. Okay. So we call it ATM for sure. Got short. it. And you have to swim into the cave. What? There are lots of places that you can, that you have to swim through in the dark in that cave. And then you can also like you walk through it. But uh, in the Mayan culture, they believed caves to be a holy place. And it oh. was a place to go into the underworld. Interesting. And so they would go into these caves to do sacrifices and to do different rituals and, and different things. Ugh. And this cave is insane. There are many parts, depending upon how deep you go into the cave, that really do look like cathedrals. Because it's just the ceilings really are tall, so huh? massive. That's and then so you have cool. all these stalactites hanging down or mm -hmm. stalagmites going up and it's a really interesting archaeological archaeological oh you did what How i did, did. Do it right <laughs> words words okay but it's a really cool place because there's like pottery everywhere and all kinds wow. of stuff but one of the most famous things in this cave as you go deeper in there you start to see skeletal remains because they would do sacrifices Ugh. when they were having really bad droughts they would make sacrifices and offerings to the gar gods of the underworld to bring rain and to bring bountiful harvests and stuff. Right. So there's this really famous skeletal remains of a maiden and they call her the crystal maiden because her, her fossils crystallized, her Whoa. bones crystallized in there and it's perfectly preserved. And the things that happen when you go in there is that she doesn't like her picture taken. Okay. So your camera, the photos of her are always very fuzzy. You mm. can't get a clear picture of her. They're just fuzzy. Interesting. Don't know why. Huh. But it, I think it happens to almost everybody's camera. Like it's just fuzzy. Or you see orbs around. Lots of orbs when you take pictures in there. But we went back there and we saw her. And it was definitely haunted. It was definitely very eerie. Oh, creepy. It was very reverent you could feel 
just spirits and a lot of things just in there right that, you know it was very sacred well, you if you have all that. these sacrifices yeah all these sacrifices and then you know you walk through a bunch of them and they would sacrifice mostly women mm-hmm. sometimes children because oh. they were making pure innocent oh, sacrifices man. right yeah so uh, and then sometimes it, sometimes they would be male. Sometimes they would be like boys. It mm-hmm. just depended upon how desperate they were to appease the gods sure. to have a better harvest. Crazy. Right. But it was an honor for these people to be sacrificed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they did like not willingly. I mean, right. they were willing to do it. Yeah. So it was interesting. <sighs> I mean, a lot of things that they did in, in the Mayan culture, mm-hmm. you know, they had this this one game where they made these balls from the rubber tree. And I can't think of what it's called right now, but it was like their big sport. Oh, wow. And they, you have to, you can't use your hands and you have to kick these balls into these big hoops. And if you guys can remember what the sport is called, anybody like let me know because I can't think off the top of my head. They'd have these big, massive courts and it was this big sporting event. And if your team lost, the team captain would be sacrificed. Oh, gosh. Yeah. What? <laughs> There's I would never want to play. sacrifices happening. I'm like, who would want to be uh, captain? Nope. Not right? me. Oh, my gosh. It really is a life or death situation yeah, to yeah. win these games. That's another Hunger Games situation. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was crazy. Well, but that's you know, crazy. But death was a big part of their culture and a big part of the religion there. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. But the creepy. crystal maiden, yeah, you go in there and you try to take her picture and you can feel her. Yeah. Like you can feel these people that lived there and, and it was it was a crazy trip. It was so awe inspiring and just so just incredible to be able to go in there and right. to see all of that. And it was scary it makes your heart race you have to swim and you know i mean what if the tide came up or like well it's i don't know i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i mean the one thing that i was comforted by is that there were tons of tours going on so i mean there was lots of people people know it's safe yeah there were lots of people everywhere our tour guide looked at our group and he was there was about like eight of us in our group and he's like oh you guys are all young and physically fit we're gonna take the hard way oh thanks <laughs> and so we were crawling through these tiny crevices and like being you know just oh. you have to turn your head a certain way to be able to fit into this no, area i would be so claustrophobic and then right it was so like challenging right to just get through and then the water you know would be up high while you're trying to fit through these tiny tight nope. spaces and then it would open up to this big area. But then he took us the normal way out, which is just big and open and, <laughs> and kind of easy to go through. And I was like, really? <laughs> like we could have just done that. No, huh? we could have done that. It was oh, just like um, easy to walk through this way. But, you know, he wanted to you challenge us. You got an us. experience. Yeah, we got an experience. He wanted to challenge That's us. That's cool. But the ATM cave in Belize. Neat. Super haunted. Super That's cool. That's so cool you got to do that. Yeah. Oh, it was man. really cool. But I want to hear about your caves. Oh, yeah. This is going to be long because I only found, I mean, there's many, many haunted caves supposedly, but I've got three for you today. And these three are pretty interesting. Ooh. Yeah. The first one I have to start in our home state. So, oh, California. Yeah, yeah. So, um. California is spooky, guys. <laughs> I didn't realize it is. <laughs> how spooky it was. Okay. But near Velocito, 
I'm going to say, in uh, Calaveras County. You can visit the Moaning Caverns. The Moaning Caverns. Yes, and this is a solutional cave, which means it was developed in marble. Um, this was discovered in 1851 by gold miners. It is believed that prehistoric people had founded the cave long, long before then, though. Why do we know that? Because archaeologist Phil C. Orr discovered human remains that were about 12,000 years old. Oh, my gosh. Yes. But also other human bones from more recent periods. So there were a lot of skeletal remains, just like your cave um, mm -hmm. down below. The belief, though, is that these prehistoric humans fell into the cave from its top opening. So not <gasps> sacrifice. No, just, just fell in. Fell into a oh, hole. Oh, no. So I'm going to be showing Andal a lot of photos. But oh. yeah, so the photos I'm going to be showing her, I'll, I'll try to include in our social medias, okay? But the photo I'm showing her first has, uh, it, it's kind of like a little case where you can go and check out the the bones that they found in this cave, in the moving, moaning caverns. So there you go. Whoa. Yeah. And That's then, crazy. So I'm going to show some pictures. So this is what the moaning caverns look like. So there's a big, I'm going to talk about it, but their main cavern is huge. So... Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I love caves. Me too. I, they're just so incredible. They're fascinating but scary yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So the main cave chamber is the largest single cave chamber open to the public in California. It reaches over 180 feet before funneling into smaller passageways. To give some perspective, without the base, the chamber is tall enough to hold the Statue of Liberty. Oh my gosh, so that's it's so tall. tall. The first entrance discovered was the form of a 45 feet vertical chimney dropping into the center of the room. And this was in the early 1840s by those gold miners during the gold rush. They found no riches, only skeletons. A second entrance is a very narrow crack in the earth that was enlarged to permit commercial entry into the cavern in 1920. Today, you can take a 10-story spiral staircase down. That's so oh my long. gosh. After you take a very narrow wooden staircase. These entries are different than the first two I mentioned. The first entrance is visible at the start of the tour, though. You cannot access the caves without a scheduled guided tour. You can also take an expedition tour where you have to crawl on your hands and knees at some point for over several hours. <gasps> so... Isn't this crazy? Look I don't want to crawl on my hands and knees for over several hours. This does no. not sound fun. No, that I'm is not a crazy, caver. though. No, I'm not. I'm good. Thank you. Now, beyond the main chamber, the cave continues to more narrow passageways with a total depth of 410 feet or 120 meters. That expedition tour I mentioned goes through some crazy named passageways like the meat grinder, ah! pancake squeeze, <laughs> no. birth canal. Oh, no. And then they finally climb up and out of Santa's worst nightmare. Oh, Why no. would you name Like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not enticing to me. Whoever came up with those names has a great sense of humor. That's so funny. <laughs> That's true. Now, why is it called the Moaning Caverns? So the Miwok Indians that lived in the area a long time ago had a legend about the Yayali, a stone giant that lived in the cave and lured people to their deaths. Oh. Okay. But the true source was a recent development. The Moaning Caverns website explains it best. So here we go. 
It wasn't until after the cave had been formed and the calcite formations had been growing for some time that the moan actually started. As the cavern formations grew over the centuries, getting bigger and more elaborate, a certain area took on an interesting characteristic. There is a section of the cave well, wall that comes to an abrupt end, forming an overhang about halfway into the main chamber. As calcite deposits continued to run down this wall and drop off the edge to the floor below, the calcite deposits eventually formed a set of beautiful draperies hanging off the overhang and a large mound where the water drops landed on the floor. This is all part of a normal cave growth. However... An interesting circumstance changed this normal process. The amount of water flowing into the area of the cave became so excessive that, that when the water dropped to the floor, instead of depositing more calcite, it actually started to erode the rock. Oh. Over hundreds of years, several holes have been, quote unquote, drilled into the rock. These holes are similar to bottles where they have a long, narrow neck and a wide bottom. Oh. During certain times of the year when the water level in these holes is low enough and a water drop lands in one, it produces a hollow thumping sound. Due to the amazing acoustics of the cavern, this sound is amplified to the point that it has a similar sound similar to a low moan when it reaches the surface. Unfortunately, the natural occurrences of the sound is rare. If the conditions are right, a cavern naturalist may be able to drain the water out of a hole in the hopes of a water drop hitting just right. Even then, the sound no longer reaches the surface. It is thought the addition of the spiral staircase in the visitor center covering the openings have affected the acoustics. Oh man, they ruined it. <laughs> Thanks, people. But there you go. So that's the scientific reason why it moans. That's cool. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like wind coming through and, and that's what I thought like bottle over the, tops. Yeah. yeah I thought that's what, that's what most people thought too like right over the main hole which it could have been at some point but mm -hmm. things have changed over time. So yeah. There you go. Very cool. Or I thought it could have been the the moaning caverns because when the indigenous people would fall in they'd oh, be like yeah, oh. They, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's I think like they probably more just, dark. <laughs> I think they probably pass away right away. I, I, I hope at the so yeah. and they aren't just like laying there all broken and oh, oh that's sad. But these caverns have some spooky stories and sightings, mainly because so many of the things fell into the hole. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Let's go way back when prehistoric creatures roamed the earth, in particular, one saber-toothed tiger. <gasps> There's a saber-toothed tiger down there? Ghost. Whoa. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Legend has it that a saber-toothed tiger fell through the hole into the moaning caverns because people claim to see a ghostly saber-toothed tiger near the cave's entrance. <gasps> it just stares at people. But people can see it clearly enough to notice that one of its fangs has a large chip in it. So it has been dubbed Chip the Saber-toothed Tiger. <gasps> I want to go see Chip. <laughs> Oh, that's so Isn't cool. Isn't that crazy? So it's got a haunted saber-toothed tiger in there. That's cool. It's crazy. Chip. Chip. Oh. <laughs> that's so cool. Next, let's discuss Calaveras. It translates to skulls in <gasps> Spanish. <laughs> right? Oh, man. The legend goes that there were mounds of skulls discovered near the Calaveras River because it is believed that the Miwoks were slaughtered by Spanish soldiers near uh, the river and uh, near the Moaning Caverns. Uh, 
Yes. Today in that area, many campers and hikers have reported seeing the apparitions of Native Americans, supposedly those Miwoks marching by. Inside the cave, eyewitnesses report seeing indigenous American spirits as misty figures. So they're still around. Now, this may be a little out of order in history, but the next tale features a bandit. A bandit? Bandit. He Uh was known. As the gray fox. Or the gentleman bandit. But his real name was Ezra Allen Miner. Also, he went by Bill Miner. He decided to rob a stagecoach and living up to his name, did so with a polite demeanor. Oh, hey, I'm going to rob you. But just, you know, we're going to do it real quick. Thank you. Yes. Oh, well, thank you for being polite (laughs) while you've robbed me. Thanks for not shooting me, I guess. He took his loot over to the Moaning Caverns and hid it, hid it between some rocks. One week later, he went to pick up the stolen goods, but never found it. <gasps> Fast forward to modern times when Marjorie Lehman decided to partake in some adventure and was getting ready to rappel down the Moaning Caverns. When she was about to go, she noticed a gentleman wearing what looked like a 19th century gray cowboy hat and gray jacket. He was obviously looking around the shrubs and rocks, desperately searching for something. When he looked up at her, he slowly faded away. (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) Eight years later, as Marjorie was perusing an antique shop, she discovered a photo and screamed. When the antique shop owner came over to check on Marjorie to ask what happened, Marjorie demanded to know who was in the photo. The owner said, that is an original photo of the gray fox, also known as Bill Miner, an outlaw of California, who was originally from Bowling Green, Kentucky. If you want the photo, it will cost $35 because (laughs) Bill Miner was a California legend. So Marjorie did indeed buy the photo, and apparently she proudly displays it in her home because it validated her encounter. Oh, that's cool. At the Moaning Caverns. So there you go. Lastly, not sure how we know this, but apparently three gold miners fell into the Moaning Caverns and perished. Finally, a miner decided to rope off the hole to ensure no one else would fall in. But visitors believe they see those three miners in their spirit form, and frequently people hear what sounds like a hammer hitting rocks inside the caverns, which could be those moaning things, but who knows? Yeah. Right. This is known, though, as the Tommy Knockers. They the gave it a Tommy name. Knockers? <laughs> That's <laughs> weird, right? <laughs> People so claim the sounds are these gold miners still searching for gold, but also will pound rock to warn visitors about the deadly hole so that they don't fall in like they did. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Like, watch out for the hole. Yeah, there's a (laughs) hole up there. Big hole. Big (laughs) hole. So that's the Moaning Caverns. Oh, that's so cool. I want to go meet Chip. I want to go. Yeah. Yeah, Let's go see the saber tooth. Yeah. That'd be cool. And maybe meet the gentleman bandit. (laughs) The gray fox. The gray fox. Hey. Okay, now I've never heard of these, which I'm surprised, but we're going to go over to Kentucky. We're going to go to the Mammoth Cave National Park. Oh. Have you heard of the Mammoth Cave? I don't know. I've never, and I thought I would know everything. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so here's some pictures. This is the entrance. Isn't that pretty? Mm-hmm. But this That's thing is huge. Okay. It is huge. Um, it, oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> look at all those stairs. Yeah, I'm, so I wrote even my notes. I'm gonna go if I ever go to Kentucky. I don't know why I would go, but 
I'm definitely going here. Okay. okay. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, let's okay. go. Okay. Uh, I, I love going into caves. Okay. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. So it's known to have the longest cave system in the world. <gasps> in the world. Whoa. The park sits on 52,830 acres with oh, more, wow. yeah, more than 426 miles <gasps> of passageways that have been surveyed. And what's crazy is that every year they make new discoveries Dude. and connections. So it's constantly expanding. So Oh, wow. That's crazy. Okay, so I like going into caves, but I don't want to be... 426 miles of caves. No. <laughs> Holy crap. How, how, how do you go be underground that long I and don't know. figure out what, how? Wow. Well, you'll hear me talk about this in some of the stories, but you can go into the cave systems in other places, apparently. You're not supposed yeah. to. But and, that's and, how people and, figured out. This is why uh, they just, and yeah. So here that's we go. so crazy. Yeah. The cave was developed in thick Mississippian aged limestone. Limestone. Strata capped by a layer of sandstone. So this is another old cave because they believe it dates back 5,000 years. Several sets of Native American remains have been recovered in both the 19th and 20th centuries, and most mummies found represent examples of intentional burial with evidence of pre-Columbian funerary practice. So people were burying their people in there. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, this is a good place to, to, to hide them, hold them. Yeah, that's crazy. Don't, yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. Don't put them in, un well, I guess they're I mean, underground. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Technically. I was about to say, don't, don't put them in a cave. Don't put them underground. I'm like, well, yeah, that we is what we do. put them six feet underground. Yeah. So why not, you know, a couple hundred feet underground? A major mystery is that there is no evidence of further use of the caves past the archaic period until the legend of the first European to visit the cave in 1797. So at some point, oh, hundreds yeah. of years, thousands of years, it just stopped. People just People stopped. stopped using the cave. Yeah. And then they were like, let's just leave it alone. I Interesting. Why. I don't know. It is possible that uh, John Houchin, Houchin, H-O-U-C-H-I-N, or his brother Francis stumbled upon the cave while hunting a bear. They wounded it and followed it to the cave's large entrance near the Green River. Even though it's up for debate on who actually found the main entrance, caves in the area were known way before that year. So as I was saying, they were other little caves, okay? Mm -hmm. But the land containing the, the main historic entrance was first surveyed and registered in 1798 under the name of Valentine Simmons, or Simons. He wanted the caves for saltpeter, or potassium nitrate, used in meat products, fish, and cheese. I didn't know that. Saltpeter. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, that's Again. a preservative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. But the land and caves keep getting sold or kept getting sold to different people over the next decade. In 1810, the use of the name Mammoth Cave is first published and then the War of 1812 hit. Over, this is sad, over 70 slaves were used to mine vast amounts of saltpeter that was sent off to gunpowder factories. Mm. Yeah, it is believed some of these slaves passed away in the caves. Oh, no. Yeah, by 1815, a saltpeter operation, uh, the saltpeter operation comes to a halt and... Nahum Ward, a well-known gentleman who had stakes in the Ohio Company of Associates, published his account of his visit to Mammoth Cave in 1816 and also drew a detailed map of his visit. This made Mammoth Cave become famous overnight. So that's oh. when, 1816 is when Mammoth Cave was like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest place. Let's all go. So yeah. people started flocking. 
Here's another photo. It's ah. beautiful. <laughs> ah. Ah. Then in 1838, Franklin Gorin bought the cave and used his slaves as tour guides. Mm. A well-known slave named Stephen Bishop was the main tour guide. As a teenager, he was able to absorb many details and stories from those who he would give tour guides to. He and a visitor successfully crossed an insane obstacle in the cave known as the bottomless pit and was able to explore the depths of the cave even further. In 1842, Bishop threw, drew a map of the explored passageways of the cave from memory. This Dude. guy is amazing. This was published in the book Rambles in the Mammoth Cave during the year 1844. Thankfully, Bishop gained his freedom in 1856 and worked as a paid guide at Mammoth Cave. He passed away the year after, which is sad. Oh. <laughs> so he was free for a year, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Jumping back a little in time, though, the slaves owned by Franklin Gorin were then purchased by John Cragen in 1839, along with Bishop. Here is where Mammoth Cave takes a very strange turn. Oh. Kragen proceeds to use his new slaves to build a sort of underground hospital in the caves, specifically for tuberculosis patients. Uh, Yes. Since there was no known cure at the time, Dr. Kragen theorized that since the cave stayed at a very cool temperature, tuberculosis patients would utilize it and believed fresh air and light exercise and the vapors from the cave would cure their life-threatening disease. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Good times. He had his slaves build small huts where the patients would stay and sleep. Oh, no. Inside this cave. No. That's like very opposite from the Kirkbry system. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> it's exercise, but underground. Un- underground. underground. <laughs> no. And he's like fresh air from the fresh cave. Air. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> If you've been in a cave, that air is not very fresh. fresh, right? No, no, no. That air is stagnant. It's pretty it has been under there for a long time. Yeah. No, 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 no. Nope. Obviously, Dr. Croggan's plans to cure these patients failed miserably. Yeah. There were patients that agreed to come to his cave for the treatment because I'm sure they were desperate, right? They needed something. Yeah. But five of them ended up dying inside the cave. The bodies of the deceased were placed temporarily on a natural slab that's now called Corpse Rock. (laughs) Nice. (sighs) When he finally gave up on his underground hospital, many other patients that returned to the surface ended up passing away right away. Yeah. And ironically, Dr. Kragen himself passed away from tuberculosis in 1849. Well, I wonder how he got tuberculosis. (laughs) Oh, goodness me. Gee. Makes you wonder, huh? (laughs) Then in the early 1920s. <laughs> Sorry, I had a song cue. Things that make you go. <laughs> Things that make you go. <laughs> yeah, definitely Things for Dr. Croggin. Things that make Crogan. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Oh, gosh. Then in the early 1920s, Mammoth Cave was sensationalized. Why? Uh-huh. Well, we focus on adventurist and cave guru Floyd Collins. From Kentucky himself, Collins was obsessed with Mammoth Cave and was one of the first people to argue that the caves around Mammoth were not discrete caverns, but all part of one vast system, which he was right. Right, yeah. He had discovered Crystal Cave and wanted to explore more. He found that on a neighbor's farm, there was a deep crevice that would could lead to another discovery. So he promised the farmer he would give half of what he earned for the discovery if he could go. They agreed. So in late January of 1925, Collins descended into what is now known as Sand Cave. 
The tunnel he had to shimmy through was super tight, damp, and slippery. And apparently the passage he was crawling through was smaller than an air conditioning duct with many twists and turns. Oh, no, 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 no. That's too tight. That's too tight. After several hours of very slowly descending, his lamp he was carrying went out. <gasps> so Collins thought, nope, and started to ascend back to the surface. Yep. In a very tight passage with his hands at his sides, he shimmied wrong and a rock dislodged and pinned his left foot. He was stuck. <gasps> After no. screaming for help for almost 24 hours. Oh my gosh. He was finally found and it brought a whole calvary of friends, family, state and local law officers, miners, stonecutters, college students, the National Guard, college professors, physicians and reporters from all over the country. As I said before, Floyd's sticky situation was a national headline with crowds from hundreds to tens of thousands flocking to the area. It was even national radio's first major story. Dude, that's crazy. That reminds me of, do you remember there was, uh, I think it was in the 80s. So you may have been too young for this because okay. I definitely was a little kid. But there was a girl named Jessica who got stuck in a well. And I was going to say, is this the Simpsons? No, 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 no. <laughs> Baby Jessica, she was like two or three years old and got stuck in this well and they had to drill uh, her out yeah drill a hole next to it to try to get her out but it was like a huge news story and That's like they crazy. even made a mini series tv show about it and yeah getting baby jessica out of the oh well. my gosh <laughs> i don't i just remember the simpsons with bart simpson dropping his radio down the well oh. and pretending he was stuck do you remember that no oh, okay oh, Never that's mind. funny <laughs> That's but then funny. he does get stuck. So. It was probably a hot take on the just baby just get stuck in the well story. Yeah, that's but, crazy. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's a picture I'm showing Angela. Yeah. This is a daily news. And there's like this big one about a political something else. And then him. He's oh, just like, yeah, yeah. 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 So everyone tried everything to free Collins and they were able to get him food and water through the days of trying to rescue him. But after two collapses during the weeks of time, they reached Collins February 16th, but he was already dead. <gasps> they couldn't oh, reach him in time. No. Strangely, his body was displayed once he got it out at various locations like a carnival attraction until he was interred in the Mammoth Cave Baptist Cemetery. Dude, that's, that's messed up. Very grotesque. Right? Look at the man who tried to get through yeah. the cave. <laughs> he was stuck in a cave. Oh. Mammoth Cave National Park was dedicated on July 1st, 1941. And throughout time, the cave was being explored. It's still expanding constantly, obviously. Yeah. Now, much of the spooky tales surround a couple of my previous detailed accounts. That's why I went into some details. Yes. But like I always try to do, let's start from the beginning. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. That's right. All right. The late 1800s. Newspapers published a repeated tale of one particular ghost in Mammoth Cave. Another known tour guide and former slave went by the name of Old Lewis. When Old Lewis passed, he was buried in one of the area's churches, uh, church graveyards. But then some crazy proprietor of the local hotel thought it would be better to violate his remains by digging them up and placing them under a monument at the entrance of the cave because it would make a good tourist attraction. Dude, that is so morbid. Very morbid. Ugh. But soon after this happened, visitors began to report seeing a ghastly apparition around the cave. And it was even noted that one man took out his revolver and emptied it into the ghost. What? Obviously with no impact. Right. 
<laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> shoot him a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happened. Well, he probably was like, ah, oh, scary man. Yeah. I'm just gonna shoot it because that's that's the culture. That's what they do, yeah. yeah, you shoot and <laughs> first ask later. Yeah. Shoot first, questions yep. second. Yeah. So I'm not sure if these sightings actually moved people or just out of respect, but old Lewis's remains were returned to the graveyard, and just like that, people stopped seeing that same apparition. Oh, wow. He was like, put me back to yeah. rest. I was fine. I was happy. <laughs> Don't just leave my bones alone, yeah. man. Now, remember the morbid underground hospitals? Yes, I do. Ooh, yeah, well, people say that if you visit Corpse Rock, or the hut that still stands, people claim to hear coughing and moaning. Ah. <laughs> Many often have eerie sensations when they visit, and some say it's not just the de- deceased patients, but also the spirits who have all died in the cave. Mm. So one is still there. Yeah. Well, uh-uh, no, no, no. No. I don't. I don't want to go to that and see <laughs> that. No. That, that that looks so just ominous yeah so ominous no no I don't want to do that do you remember when we were in San Diego and we went on our ghost tour and we went into one of the houses and they had like 19 tuberculosis beds in that that one room I was like I want out of this space I don't want to be around tuberculosis even though it's like hundreds of years later (laughs) but still yeah no I don't want to be around that (laughs) no I'm good but not just visitors claim to sense and see spirits in the cave, but park rangers frequently report their encounters. Yay, park rangers! Yeah. During the Violet City tour of the cave, rangers give visitors a taste of what it was like to visit the cave pre-electricity, and they call this part of their program a blackout. Oh, so, those are always fun when they turn the lights yes. off in the cave, and you're like, holy crap, it's I can't dark. see anything. Yeah, I can't even see your hand. Like, you can't see anything. Uh-huh. So one ranger will turn off all the electric lights while another ranger speaks to the tour group by the small light of an oil lantern. When they conduct this part of the tour, many guides report odd experiences. Some rangers are playfully shoved by an unseen force. They have also heard footsteps turn and see that no one is in that vicinity. Some have even been grabbed or touched in the darkness. Cave guide Larry Purcell had a very strange recollection during one of his blackouts. Purcell noticed a black family standing way in the back of a big tour group. He was actually really surprised to see them because when they started the tour, he didn't notice any African-Americans on the group tour. Okay. The ranger specifically recalled seeing the father of the family wearing a white Panama hat and noticed he was very engaged in the other ranger's speech. Purcell proceeded to turn the electricity back on, and when he looked for the black family, he couldn't find them at all. The particular room where they were in was called the Methodist Church because miners once held religious services there. And during those days, if a black guide and his family attended the service, it was required for them to stand back at a distance from the white folk in the group. Oh, creepy. First of all, that sucks. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, Yay, history. Yay, history. But, dude, that's To notice a whole group of people out of nowhere and then disappear. Oh, that's cool. I mean, that's a cool story to have. Right. It sucks that they... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it sucks, but... It's very complicated feelings here. Yes. But, yeah. Oh, cool, though. Then on a separate occasion, two park guides were leading a tour through the chief city room when a woman in the tour approached them. She asked, who is that up there among the rocks? 
When the guides focused on where she was pointing, they both saw a man holding a lantern and standing on a formation that was called Sacrifice Rock. Oh, the that's man, ominous. Yeah. The man wore a long sleeve shirt and an old droop style hat, which is what the old slave guides would wear on their tours. Even though the man could be seen from three different angles, park rangers agreed that the image must have been created by a series of shadows. But holding a lantern? Like, come on. It's it's in the it's shadows. In the shadows. It's all the shadows. <laughs> no. No, he's holding a lantern. If you yeah, can see it's a him ghost. clearly from three different angles and he's holding a lantern. Yes. And you can, and you can tell, like, tell what, what he's, he's wearing. wearing. <laughs> they try to brush that off. Yeah, no, that, that was a ghost. And what about Floyd Collins? What about Floyd Collins? Yeah, he's still visiting the cave. Yeah, Floyd. He's actually been reported to frequent the cave system as well as his current grave site. People report mysterious lights in the windows of the Mammoth Cave Baptist Church. Oh, that's where he was buried. Yeah. Yes. Aww. So he's still around. Charles Hannion, longtime park guide and co-author of Scary Stories of Mammoth Cave, recalls an interesting Collins story. It is common for park guides to ask Floyd to come along with you when exploring areas related to him. So one time when they invoked Floyd, suddenly the tour group's lanterns, cameras, and flashlights all mysteriously shut off. What? They did not start. They stopped working completely only they did start coming back when they left the chamber they were in. <gasps> Floyd. Yeah. He's like, don't, don't, don't record don't this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Like, you invoked me. I'm here. I'm going to yeah. take all your electricity. I'm taking all your energy. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, Angela, guess who made a few appearances in the woods that surround Mammoth Cave? Who? who? Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love Bigfoot. Now, these are crazy, though. OK. OK. In 2014, an avid Bigfoot researcher had been out with a group of Girl Scouts in the woods. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> when they had seen and heard a huge creature jump onto a raised walkway, <gasps> they all noped it out of there. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get to, you know. Nope. Nope. We're good. But then in 2019, you can find this on news articles everywhere. In 2019, a pair of Western Kentucky University students were camping in the park one night when a man and his son came over and said something had wrecked their campsite and that he, they kept hearing odd sounds in the woods. One of the students claimed to also hear the strange sounds. Five to ten minutes later, they were still in their campsite. Those people went back. The same man shot his gun into the woods at what he said was a Bigfoot charging at him. The man and son <laughs> ran yeah. back to the student's tent and said they fired at the creature and they need to leave. The students indeed did that. They called 911, claimed they didn't see anything, though, and at the direction the guy was shooting. But it, be, it was national news. And don't shoot Bigfoot. Don't freaking shoot Bigfoot. Why would you shoot at him? Like... Yeah, so they this guy claimed that they you know they wrecked his campsite and yeah. like now they're shooting at him. So yeah, don't that was shoot it. Shoot Bigfoot. Don't shoot Bigfoot. I mean, with your camera, sure, but not oh, yeah. like with bullets. Not with bullets. Yeah. So. Aww. All right. I know we're running long, but I got one more cave. I got to. We're get not into. running long. We're okay. Okay. Good. We're Yay. Okay. okay. Let's okay. keep going. This one I saved for last. I started with it in my report, but I was like, you know what? I got to I got to end with this because okay. this is insane. Those pictures look awesome. We are going to England. Oh, jolly old England. Yeah, this is called the Hellfire Cave. Oh, no. 
<laughs> and West Wycombe, Buckinghamshire, England. So here's some photos. So this is during Halloween. There's a big skull skeleton right yes. there. Yeah. This is what it normally looks like. The entrance. This is a cave oh. photo. This is how you can see it. Isn't that cool? Oh, very cool. Yeah, there's like an infrared photo I'll have to share that you can see how the caves were built into the hill. All right. You ready for this? I'm ready. This is insane. Okay. In the late 1740s, Sir Francis Dashwood was asked to help local unemployment caused by three successive harvest failures. Sir Francis proposed to supply chalk for a straight three-mile road between West Wycombe and High Wycombe, and then hire the local farmers to work on this road. The old road had become so deeply rutted that carriages frequently overturned, so he thought win-win. Right. The chalk came from a chalk mine that was an, of ancient origin that existed in West Wycombe. But Sir Francis, for really unknown reasons, mm -hmm. began to dig and dig and dig inside this ancient mine to the point where he created multiple chambers and passages and even a large room halfway down. People speculated he wanted to emulate the caverns and tunnels he had visited while in Greece. But at the time, many of the new landowners were trying to impress their neighbors with elaborate houses. Sir Francis had a rival next door, neighbor Lord Temple of Stowe. So maybe instead of above ground, he was trying to build something magnificent underground. underground. Yeah. Very cool. The caves were excavated between 1748 and 1752 and extends about 0.25 miles or 400 meters underground. At the arched entrance of the cave, Sir Francis created a tall flint facade with a vaulted window, which was divided by two stone columns, which I showed you. Yeah. There is a large open courtyard that leads into the entrance hall to the steward's chamber in Whitehead's Cave through Lord Sandwich's Circles, named after John Montague, 4th Earl of Sandwich. Then Franklin's Cave, named after Benjamin Franklin, who was a good friend of Dashwood, which I'll oh, go into soon. Oh, interesting. Then the Banqueting Hall, which is allegedly the largest man-made chalk cabin in the world to the Triangle, to the Miner's Cave, then across a subterranean river named the Styx. Oh, no! Yep. <laughs> and into the final cave called the Inner Temple, where the meetings of the Hellfire Club were held. No, not the D&D &D group of Stranger Things. Ah, oh, bummer! I the original Hellfire Club. Oh! Which I'm going to go into. Okay. okay. So, this is crazy. I didn't know any of this. Back in 1718 in London, Philip Wharton, first Duke of Wharton, and a handful of other high society friends founded this Hellfire Club. At the time, London's gentlemen's clubs were often for rich men to gather and discuss poetry, philosophy, politics, etc. But the Hellfire Club was a satirical gentlemen's club where they would ridicule religion and was more of a big joke rather than an attack on religion or morality. In the original Hellfire Club set up by Lord Wharton, he admitted both men and women as equals. They would meet Sundays in different locations and mock religious ceremonies and would have feasts that had meals named Holy Ghost Pie, Breast of Venus, and <laughs> The Devil's Loin while drinking oh. Hellfire Punch. Nice. Okay. And supposedly members of the club would come dressed as characters from the Bible. <laughs> in 1921, the, ha the Hellfire Club was disbanded when George I put forward a bill against horrid impieties. 
After the club was disbanded and Wharton removed from Parliament. Oh, no. Yeah. He became a Freemason. And Uh, in 1722, the Grand Master of England. So he was he was fine. Yeah. But throughout the 1930s, Sir Francis Dashwood and the Earl of Sandwich were members of the Hellfire Club that met at the George and Vulture Inn. That's Sir Francis Dashwood. Oh, he looks like a happy, like very very fun. Yes. Life of the party. kind of Yes, exactly. Yeah. But at one point, Sir Francis created the quote-unquote order of the Friars of St. Francis of Wycombe, also referred to as the Monks of Medmenham Abbey, as they would often meet at Medmenham Abbey. Makes (laughs) sense. Yes. Now, while Sir Francis toured Italy, he grew a sort of hatred towards the Roman Catholic Church (laughs) and thought that his group was a way for rich people to take part in activities that were perceived as immoral, especially Uh in the eyes of the church. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Later, this group was eventually dubbed the Hellfire Club. A few letters were found that detailed the Hellfire Club's chapter meetings where ladies were allowed as guests, but male visitors had restrictions and had to be judged on their merit, wit, and humor. But after a feast, the main members would conduct a mock religious ceremony. In the mid-1700s, after the caves were excavated, Sir Francis led his club meetings and festivities down there. Uh-huh. But roughly 20 years later, after the steward Paul Whitehead passed, the club fizzled out, which we'll get to more in later. Now, in 1925, it was leaked that the Hellfire Club meetings took place twice a month and members would address each other as brothers and the leader, which changed regularly, was referred to as Abbot. During rituals, the members were required to wear ritual clothing, which was basically all white, while the Abbot wore all red. Sir Francis's club often included, as mentioned above, mock rituals, items of pornographic nature, a lot of drinking and a lot of feasts. John Wilkes, no relation to John Wilkes Booth, radical journalist and politician, was a member, and in his own words, the Hellfire Club was, a set of worthy jolly fellows, happy disciples of Venus and Bacchus, got occasionally together to celebrate women in wine and to give more zest to the festive meeting. They plucked every luxurious idea from the ancients and enriched their own modern pleasures with a tradition of classic luxury. Mm-hmm. But... There's this crazy prank that John Wilkes pulled on the Earl of Sandwich that included hiding a baboon dressed up as the devil. What? Uh, and rigged a chest to have him jump out. It jumped onto the shoulders of Lord Sandwich, who thought the devil had obeyed his summons. <gasps> and he cried out, spare me, gracious devil. Spare a wretch who was never sincerely your servant. I sinned only from vanity of being in the fashion. Thou knowest I never have been half so wicked as I pretended. Never have been able to commit the thousandth part of the vices which I have boasted of. Leave me, therefore, and go to those who are more truly devoted to your servant. I am but half a sinner. <laughs> so this that is quite a right? speech. I love it. And they recorded it. <laughs> now, this sparked the rumors that the club was participating in satanic worship. Okay? Right. Okay. And it is said that even though their sexual appetites were excessive and had poor morality, the men in the club were more agnostic than atheistic. Yeah, it. It seems to me that there, I mean, he was even mocking the whole devil thing. Yes. Because it's, he, it's a bab- baboon. It's a baboon. He knows. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think it was just a way for some horny old lecherous men to get together. Exactly. 
do what they wanted to <laughs> do, do what they want to do exactly yeah now later in the 19th century though after sir francis's club ended satanic and demon worship became more attached to the club rumored there are claims everywhere that the satanic worship and black magic was performed in the caves, and most think this was to boost the local tourist economy, as who wouldn't want to visit a town where mysteries and secrets lie? Yeah. See, that. See, that's what I feel. I'm, I'm the same with you. I'm like, I don't think they were doing satanic rituals. Yeah, I, I don't think they were. If their whole purpose was to mock everything, they would be mocking yeah. that as well. Exactly. And I agree that it seems like that, Towns are going to sensationalize exactly. to get more people to come. Yeah, see satanic and panic happened in the 1980s, so I'm sure it happened in the what 1780s, 90s. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but for example, in 1901, though, an author claimed that Medmenham in West Wycombe was haunted by the blasphemous monks who indulged in beastly pleasures and beastly humors. And another author claimed that the wraith of the last of the mad monks of Medmenham haunted the landscape as a homicidal ghost. <laughs> it didn't mm -hmm. attract enough people because the caves fell into disrepair and wasn't restored and opened to the public until the 1950s. As soon as it was opened, though, staff and visitors started to make claims of paranormal activity and they witnessed spooky apparitions. Woo! So here we go with the okay. scary stuff. Here's a picture. Yay. The first main spirit that haunts the caves is someone I've already mentioned. Paul Whitehead, a, sat a satirist, writer, poet, was born to a prosperous tailor. He had quite a few of his works published, writing poems and political satire, which caught the attention of Sir Francis Dashwood. He appointed Whitehead secretary and steward of the Hellfire Club. The day before Whitehead died in December 1774, he made a huge bonfire and burned all of the club's records, which added a lot of mystery to what went down. Ooh. But in Whitehead, Whitehead's will, he left his heart to his patron, Lord Le Dispenser. But in other documents, he bestowed his heart to Sir Francis Dashwood. I left my heart to Sir Dashwood. <laughs> Yeah, so his heart was ordered to be placed in an urn in the mausoleum, the High Wycombe in, in Buckinghamshire, while his body was buried at St. Mary's Church in Teddington alongside his wife, Anne. But then allegedly his heart was stolen by an Australian soldier in 1829. Ooh, that is such a weird Why? trophy to keep. Creepy. Like, no. Don't steal a heart. <laughs> What's crazy is in 1781 in West Wycombe, servants as well as Dashwood claimed to have seen the ghost of Paul Whitehead <gasps> in the house and the gardens. But his spirit remains wandering the caves and passageways, some say searching for his missing heart. If I only had a heart. Aww. He's a tin man. Yeah. Right? But if he was already seen before his heart went missing, maybe he just can't get away from the caves. Who knows? Right? Oh, yeah. Numerous visitors and staff claimed to see a man in old-fashioned clothing wandering the passageways, and when confronted, he vanishes into thin air. <gasps> Whitehead has also been mistaken for a tour guide in historical oh. dress when seen on the hillside near the mausoleum, but then also vanishes as soon as he is seen. There's a mausoleum. Oh, that's so cool. He, w he wants to go back to the parties. He's like, let's go party. Oh, yeah. It's like, this is the greatest time of my life. <laughs> the other spirit is known as Suki, known short for Susan. And she's a typecast white lady ghost. So oh. in the late 18th, early 19th century, Suki, then 16 or 17 years oh, old. 
young girl. Yeah, was a barmaid at the local Georgian Dragon Inn. She was known for her beauty and men threw themselves at her, but she said no because she wanted to marry into society. What a good girl. Or, yeah. No. Well, she wanted money. So yeah. Well, that, I mean, she doesn't have very many choices. No, exactly. So, you know, good for her for being able to just say no yeah. to anything. No. That's good. Yeah. She was able to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But one day she did begin to date a local aristocrat. And it is said he left her a message to meet him in the caves one night wearing her best white dress. Uh, hint, hint. Uh, but that's sus, right? Yeah. She totally believed it and went to the caves in her best white dress. Sadly, the note was a prank and it wasn't her boyfriend that was waiting for her, but three boys from the local village who have said to have been one sh they she turned down. Yeah. They began to tease and torment her. Susie, frustrated, picked up loose stones and started to throw them at the boys. But then one of the boys, one of them retaliated and threw one right back at her. The rock hit her in the head and knocked her unconscious. Oh, Susie. Yeah. The boys, or Suki, yeah. The boys Suki. freaked out, carried her back to the Georgian dragon, and she passed away there. Ah. Uh, and nothing happened to the boys? I'm sure nothing Probably happened nothing to the boys. Happened. No. I'm sure they oh, got gosh. away with it. Now, there are many reports of seeing a girl in a white dress stalking the West Side passageways and the banqueting hall. Some visitors have heard her screams and cries emanate from there, and some see a fleeting glimpse of a white dress round a corner of a dark hall. A visitor to the cave thought, caught a woman in white in film in one of the alcoves <gasps> in the banquet hall, but I can't find the photo. Oh, that's so cool, though. Yes. She is said to also haunt the Georgian Dragon Inn, and apparently many paranormal experts and researchers have claimed to have made contact with her. Dude, that's awesome. Like EVPs mm -hmm. and stuff like and that. Oh. Like called seances. Suki. Now, this isn't written as much as the prior two ghosties, but supposedly Benjamin Franklin's spirit is hey, also seen in the case. Franklin. <laughs> I believe that he was with them. He was a lecherous old man. Totally. Yeah. You could totally see that, right? Yeah. So he was, like I mentioned before, really good friends with Sir Francis, Francis Dashwood, and Franklin would travel to Britain and even live there for some time. It is said that the Hellfire Club would actually partake in some rituals and ceremonies in the Franklin Cave, and that people will see his ghost as if he's lost something or still trying to hide something in the uh -huh. caves. These witnesses state they see a man at the back of Franklin's cave dressed in old-fashioned clothes and looks very much like Ben Franklin. Mm -hmm. Now, there are regular experiences of poltergeist activity in the forms of stones being thrown and footsteps mm. in the gravel. Also, randomly, a seldomly seen apparition of a man dressed like a monk has been spotted floating near the Lord Sandwich Circle. Ooh. If you travel into the deepest part of the caves where the Hellfire Club met quite often, you can hear strange chanting. <gasps> Visitors state they are unable to make out the language, while some say it sounds like Latin. Visitors have also heard disembodied whispering in their ears. Some have been shushed while chatting amongst themselves. And apparently some, mostly women, have been yelled at to go away. Well, why would women be yelled at to go away? I, mean, I don't they know. I thought they were welcome. Wanted, yeah, well, they were welcome. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Some witness strange light mists when you cross the river Styx. Someone yeah, I see took some a photo. pictures. That's cool. Yeah. Lastly, a fun story from 2001. The water from that subterranean river 
rose and flooded the inner temple. Soon after the water drained and returned to normal levels, the staff had to go and check on everything and tidy up. Note that throughout the entire cave system, I forgot to mention this, there are mannequins to represent real people that have visited the cave. There's one of Suki in there, too. It's crazy. Creepy. Don't do that. No, it is really creepy. Um, But yeah, in the inner temple, there are mannequins in there that represent the Hellfire Club having a sort of party. And they noticed that some of the mannequins had fallen forwards. But when they picked them up, they noticed their arms and hands changed position turning outwards as if to stop themselves from the fall (laughs) oh that's so creepy i don't like the mannequin thing i don't i don't everywhere in the cave i don't like that i don't want to i don't want to see mannequins i don't want to go to like madame trousseau's no really no because it's too weird it's the uncanny valley i don't like it but the, don't the like fact it. that you give them vessels. Yeah, no. See, no. Right? No. Remember creepy dolls, guys. This is the same thing. <laughs> don't know. Oh. Or Five Nights at Freddy's. Even, oh, you know. exactly. Ew. Ew. I don't like it. <laughs> My arms are up in the air. I'm like a chicken. <laughs> I don't like it. But that's the Hellfire Caves. Oh, that's so cool. Never knew. I just really wanted to, to we dive have to into go that to Hellfire there. Club. Yeah. We have to go to there and I will be grabbing onto you and screaming. <laughs> I don't like you at all the mannequins the whole time. But, Every uh, corner you see a mannequin. Yeah. Oh, this is such a cool thing. I haunted love caves. this. I love this story time. If you guys have any haunted cave stories or anything else you want to share with us, please email us at the ominous at gmail.com. You can also jump over to podbean.com and see any cool pictures from today's episode, any show notes from past episodes or from this episode or any other thing that you want to see. Uh, go to podbean.com and look up the Ominous Stitch podcast. There's also a little button in the upper right-hand corner called Become a Patron. This is a fun little button. Press it, press it. And you can join our little patron army. And we will give you shout-outs. We will make you things. We we have patron-only content that you can listen to if you need more of us. It's so fun. I love doing our little patron episodes become a patron today get to know us better man and uh we can't wait to hear from you guys and interact more with you this was such a fun episode yay i love it okay before we go though we have one more thing we got to talk about one more thing (laughs) that's a doozy all right so let's go to movie time week's movie review is The Descent, released in 2005. IMDb rating of 7.2 stars. Oh, psh, BS. <laughs> Sorry. <synopsis>. I, <laughs> am I giving away my position too soon? I on think this? so. Synopsis. Really? A caving expedition goes horribly wrong as the explorers become trapped and ultimately pursued by a strange breed of predators. Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> it's um it is we watched it on max yes with a subscription but sorry if you have to pay for it but if you've seen it awesome oh you don't have to pay for it let me tell you that you you don't it's you know this is when you can skip 
<laughs> See, Angela okay. didn't like it as much. You know what? I actually didn't mind it as much. You didn't mind it? It was still freaky It's better to me. than some movies that we've watched yes. <laughs> after death. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, it's 2005. If you haven't seen it, go see it if you can. If you if you like, I if you like it, it, there's a part two. Yeah, I don't know right. how they did that one, but um, it's creepy. I mean, it's exactly what the synopsis says. So it's a it's a group of girls that are just adventurers. They love caving, and it starts with an adventure that they were doing a river rafting adventure. But then one of the main characters, um, spoiler alert, has her daughter and and husband die in a car accident. A freak car accident. But you find out at that point that one of her best friends is like boning her husband. Which right. <laughs> is like, like, what the hell? Why is she still friends with yeah, her? Yeah. So years later, they all decide to go into this caving trip. And we think it's in Montana. Yeah. And they decide to go on this big adventure. And Juno's like, I just wanted us to get together. That's the main girl that boned her husband. She is evil. Like, She's not okay. a very good person. Here's the thing. The friend. So there's, okay, the three main girls, Juno, Beth and sarah right right okay so sarah is the one whose husband and daughter died right and juno was the one that was having the affair and so juno's like let's get together and let's go yeah. to this cave and why okay beth knew that juno was having an affair with sarah's husband why didn't beth like i'm sorry girl code does not exist for when your friends are having affairs with your husbands a married person's yeah yeah that's no, not no, cool. no especially no, no, with no. a kid i mean anyway and anything that's wrong yeah so, so yeah like, why why are they friends why is that even? and you know that beth knows because in the, in the moon old movie she's like she, Every, she everybody knows. lost something in that accident you know and beth knows and yeah that's yeah messed up. so it was so gross i'm not a fan of juno just but I think ever. that's that's the whole point, though. You need to have, like, the bad She's guys. She's the anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the bad guys, which are these creatures. But in reality, in again, reality it's, it's man. Man is bad because, you know, yeah. you, you treat your friends Gollum like shit. is just an animal. That yeah, is living on predator. instinct. Yeah. yeah, just a predator animal. Right. It's Gollum. It looks like Gollum. <laughs> I kept waiting for, and there's hundreds the of them. Gollum is smaller. This thing is like, got teeth. How do they crawl on the ceilings They've and on developed the some crazy superhuman power. Like they like they're like frog suckers on I their guess. hands and stuff. I don't like, know. I They've don't. evolved over years. I was like, they never how are they defining gravity? Yeah. <laughs> how are they so doing sick. anything? Uh, but they're blind. They're, they're blind. <laughs> and if so they're they using echolocation on. like a bat, if they were screaming in the people's faces, they would have seen them. Yeah. Because they could hear it because they see a big person shape there yeah, yeah right yeah so they yeah. would have been like oh i'm gonna eat this person but that happened all the time where they're just still and they were like screaming in their faces and then they weren't like then they move on i'm like that doesn't make any sense to they me. can't yeah no 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 they can't and they could smell yeah i don't know that a lot of this this movie doesn't make sense <laughs> at all but it was creepy to me because in a cave you're stuck like so juno wanted to go on this crazy like new cave system yeah okay she lied to she's, them. she's like oh the cave system that i'm telling everybody that i'm taking you to it's too touristy yeah been there done that i'm like take me to a touristy yeah cave i like system. touristy caves don't take me on a new one that you don't know how to get out of <laughs> yeah and she's like i have experience we can go to this system and i'm not going to tell anybody and right? they're all like 
They're like, dude, we pinged the wrong cave. So right? if we go missing, they're going to go look for us at the cave that we thought we were going exactly. to. Why did you take this up? I'm like, why? I'm I, safe. They should have held her so much more accountable for so many things that this. I would have been so pissed. Crazy woman did. Right. They all die. So, yeah, spoiler alert. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> way to ruin the movie <laughs> i won't ruin how and why in the middle of it but basically i'll die except sarah so yeah. sarah gets out sarah gets out and she yeah but she's experienced so much obviously and she's gone through so much trauma and even in the middle they're like you've already experienced the worst thing that you could ever experience this is nothing we're like uh that's know. not helpful <laughs> Uh. but I still liked it because it was creepy like I I would like have to cover my eyes sometimes because I was like oh shoot there's gonna be a that creature behind them those kind of jump scares that freaked me out uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know I was just tired of all of them screaming I mean like yes okay the first half of the movie is you know them being adventurous and trying to get through this cave and they're lost in the right. cave and you don't see the creatures they uncover some cave paintings like when they're deep in the cave and right. they realize that they're in the wrong caving system or whatever yeah so the first half of it is them trying to get out and they're just like screaming as they're going through different obstacles and grunting and i'm like <laughs> okay whatever I don't understand when they all get split up, why they're split up and why some are just running way far ahead and leaving other ones behind. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. Like, you stay together. That didn't make sense to me when they're like, oh, was it Beth or was it Holly? Holly. Holly, Holly was ahead. like running. And you're like, you were an, you're an experienced caver. Yeah. You, you know don't not go running to go running through. through something you have never been to. Yeah. But I guess it was like an adrenaline, like freaked out. She's like, like, I see daylight. Yeah. I'm going to run. And they're like, it's no, not daylight. it's not daylight. Uh, yeah just dumb dumb things happen and dumb ways, ways to, to die, die. Yep. right i don't know eh. yep that's that's my feeling <laughs> eh. <laughs> okay people got what they should have got but i felt like it some didn't though some didn't deserve it some didn't yeah some some of those women were completely innocent bystanders in right. this whole thing they had the unfortunate friendship of Juno Juno should not have been in this movie past the opening sequence of <laughs> I understand this movie she would had not to have be existed. though and you needed that anti-hero yeah. who everybody was like following her and I'm like <laughs> why she is a terrible person because she led them all in there too isn't that funny yeah and she's a terrible terrible person and then finally you know Sarah eventually realizes that she's a terrible person I don't know if she ever realizes or finds out that she had the affair with the husband but but she did I find mean, out how terrible she was yeah she does find out how terrible she is eventually and yeah. resolves that issue but I'm like <laughs> even her resolving the issue that way I did not I'm like, no. I thought like, it was cool. No. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I I think that it was beneath Sarah and she could have risen above it and brought her out and then dealt with it. True. Like, you know. But she had a lot going on, so Yeah, she I had I mean, her. she had a lot to deal with. She like, was pretty badass her. in some parts of this movie. Yeah, so. Sarah Sarah is the badass yeah. and good for her. Yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, she was able to make it out and she's well, the only one that does. Yeah. But you know I love that the en exit was like right above them and they didn't realize it. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, well, how many stitches would you give this movie? Uh, three. Okay. I don't agree with IMDb's rating of it yeah, at all. Yeah, seven's pretty high. Yeah, that's too high. I, yeah. I'll g- I'm going to give I'm it a five because it's five. Like right in the middle for me. Okay. Like, I I didn't hate it like you did. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I hated <laughs> it. I just like the Gollum thing was annoying to me because <laughs> I couldn't not hear my precious the whole time. And, and I'm just like, they're just screaming. There was a lot of screaming. A lot of screaming. And I'm like, I don't want to hear the screaming. And I'm like, I get it. You're in a cave. <laughs> You're stuck in a cave. <laughs> cool and it's like 45 minutes of them being stuck in a cave and yeah. then like oh cool now you have things that are trying to eat you right okay then it's another like half an hour of them being eaten and you know i don't know i yeah. just feel like it could have moved faster right i don't know i get it I yeah just, it did feel a little long yeah but i liked it it's like know. have you seen the um oh gosh it's in uh it, oh shoot what is that movie is it in clerks 2 where they're making fun of the Lord of the Rings. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Where Jeremy Muse is making fun. Is that his, Jason Muse? Mm. Um, what's his name in the in the movie? His real name is Jason Muse, but in the movie it's Jay. Jay. Okay. Where where Jay is making fun of? He's like, "Have you seen the Lord of the Rings movies? This is it, Lord of the Rings one." And then he just no, walks. Yeah. Lord of the Rings <laughs> That's two. Right. And he just walks. I feel like this movie could have been summarized so quicker. I'm like, yeah. they go into a cave. It's the wrong cave. They're lost in the cave. Things come eat them. Okay. They got to escape. They, they, they figure out how to escape. And <laughs> At the end. <laughs> issues are resolved. There. That's the whole movie. <laughs> I like that at the end, they try to make it even like spookier when Sarah finally gets away. Remember? When she finally gets away, they make and it And she's spookier. driving away. Yeah. And, and the, she stops and she looks over. And the car. Like, in the car. The, yeah, she's in the car and she looks over and what? You didn't see it? No, did she see something? She sees she sees Juno's ghost. Oh, she sees Juno's ghost? Yeah. Did you not see the end end? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, that final jump scare. Yes. Yes. Okay, so that's another thing that Sarah gets plagued with some supernatural events. Like that's kind of how she figures out that she's the only one that survived the crash is she is running through the hospital and all the lights shut down. Right. And and then she runs She's into alone. Beth. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. So, I mean, she has some like supernatural flashes that hit yes. her every once in a while. Right. And so they did a final jump scare. Of yes. That. I'm like, ew. <laughs> she gets haunted by things that happen in her right. life. And, right. Okay. So Whatever. There you go. No. Nah. No. It doesn't change it. I'm still going to give it a five. No. Nah. All right. You go five. I go three. Perfect. Four. You guys can be in the middle <laughs> four. Could you stitch to it? Uh, yeah, because it's so much of the same thing happening over again. The they're adventures. they're stuck in a cave somewhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love it's your the enthusiasm. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like different versions of them trying to clip on and get through different parts of the cave, and it's right. too dark, so they have to open flares. Or she's figuring out which tunnel to go to by which way the if if there's a draft blowing on her flame. <laughs> oh, there's a draft this way. We're gonna take this one. Oh, I love you. Okay, cool. But she d- it happens like so many times. That's true. Yeah, they're still trying to figure their way out. Yeah, I learned because I wanted to look it up real quick. Was mm-hmm. um, they filmed this whole movie? It's supposed to be take place in England or um, the United States, but they filmed it in England in a sound studio. Oh, it's all in a sound yeah. studio? Yeah. I was like, oh, I thought it would be actual caves. No, they no. they put it in a studio. Oh. They built the whole, they, they built the set, so. 
Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. But it made well, it look they did good, Seth. They made yeah. it look real. Yeah, so, look there you cool. go. I mean, it was dark and very dimly lit, so right. you I had mean, to you can make things look cool anytime. That way, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So watch the movie. Let yeah. us know what you guys think. Well, Angela said don't, but I say do. <laughs> Just check it out if you, you can. know. See how much of it you can get through before you're like, yeah, okay. I see your guys' point. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. And with that being said, I think we've reached the end of another amazing episode. Amazing. We did it. Yay. And until next time, we'll see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Uh